The Hurling Podcast is brought to you by the Enniscorthy Credit Union, where you can join and apply for a loan on the same day. With great interest rates and special rates for car loans, green car loans and education loans. Check out their website at enniscorthycu.ie. The Enniscorthy Credit Union. Local, loyal and lending. Loans are subject to approval. Terms and conditions apply. If you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. Enniscorthy Credit Union Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Catch, touch and bang. Dara is a fantastic coach and um, some really, really exciting uh, young players coming through. Um, so there's an awful lot to be uh, excited about and that's really fun. I listen to dancing at the crossroads there about three or four times a week in the car on the way down just to get me to the like the party, uh, as we well know. Then we had Billy Byrne, who was going to come in to be the game changer. And we had to put a high ball in from the middle of the field. And Billy Byrne's job was to catch, touch and bang. Catch, touch and bang. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us through take and take. Come on, Wexford! Still Patrick Green going, there's a chance of a goal here. Patrick Green is in on goal, kicks it and a goal! What a, a goal. goal for Ferns, what a goal! What a goal from Patrick Green! Johnny Dwyer with a crucial cut for Ferns, the most important in their history. And it's in and over the bar, is it? Oh, a what great a line ball from Johnny Dwyer! What a score by Johnny Dwyer! I think they're going to hold on! And we have a one-point game here. How much longer is there to play? There's no one up the field for Ferns. James Lawler has to take his time. I'll tell you, if I was James Lawler, I'd drive it out into the stand now. The That's biggest game in the history of Ferns GA, and it's all over! Yeah, it's and all Ferns over. win the Pettit Senior Hurling Championship for the first time ever. And the place erupts here in Chadwick's Wexford Park. What celebrations here for the Ferns St. Aidan's men. They have so many players that have played for many years on their first team, and they finally have their day of winning the Pettit Senior Hurling Championship. This day will live long in the memory of all the supporters of Ferns St. Aidan's. But what a performance from Ferns. They were on, the whole place was on fire during the week, but they've been on fire for the whole championship. Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. That was the fantastic commentary there of Peter Myrna and Edmund Rousam describing the goal and the last few minutes of the weekend's epic county final as Ferns claimed their first ever senior title with a 120-22 to 22 point win over St. Martin's. Ben, over to you. Yeah, well, everyone in Ferns is just thrilled, you know, it's been a great couple of days. You know, everyone, pretty much every pub in Ferns has been absolute mayhem. In courtyard on Sunday night, I was in the Thatch uh, yesterday and the lads are going to Doyle's today. I'm not going to, not partaking in today's festivities, but um, a great couple of days and it's great to see the, the outpouring of emotion from from everyone, you know, you can see some of the pictures shared by Wexford GA and stuff, and it was just unreal, you know. So many people had, so many people who worked so long for this, you know. Obviously, we have serious veterans there: Benny Jordan, Johnny Dewar, John Breen, Tonks. They're playing for so long, putting everything in Tommy Dewar as well, you know. Bitsy. But it was a great touch then after the game, Bitsy. The very first place the lads went after the game was to the graveyard. They went to Jack Burns grave, uh, Seamus Murphy's grave, who would have done so much work underage with the club. There's 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 barely a player who went to Ferns who wouldn't have who wouldn't have been coached at some time by by Shamey. And um, they went to Tom Guinan's grave as well, who again would have done a crazy amount of work for the club. Anyone in Ferns would have would have had Tom Guinan come into their house to collect a lot of tickets, you know. Also, so, so many people do so much work, like George Murphy, the treasurer for forever. <laughs> she, she made the wire. P. Nolan doing so much work now. John Tonks over so many teams. Joe Morris again. There's not one player there that Joe Morris probably didn't coach at men's level and underage level. Big Ben also would have done a hell of a lot. And a man who unfortunately wasn't well enough to be there, Dominic Murphy. Like just a staunch club man for... I'd say, I'd say 100 years probably, but would be thrilled. Well, congratulations to all. And um, now you did claim last week that Ferns are going to dominate the county for the foreseeable if they were to win 
the county final at the weekend, considering they were missing Gavin Bailey and Connor Scallon and of course Ian Byrne who had to go off early. Do you stand by that now? It's a bit soon for that guy as there's a Leinster Club Championship coming a couple well, a couple of months. <laughs> so, you know, once that's over, once once Ferns have the Leinster Cup in back in Ferns now, I I'll comment on that one. Okay. Well you did comment on it last week. I was just bringing it back up. But um anyway. In intermediate, Owlert were given plenty to think about after Timon's brilliant first half display, but they rallied in the second half to claim victory and promotion back to senior, where I think it's fair to say they belong. After being beaten in last year's intermediate A final, Castletown were moments away from winning until two goals in extra time from Sean Nolan saw Horswood snatch it away from them and claim back-to-back county titles and promotions. And in junior, Davidstown and Glenbarrentown will go at it again next weekend in a replay after finishing level. I have to give a big shout out to Wexford GA TV. What a fantastic service it's been um, for just such brilliant coverage of the county championship. The previews, the live matches, the the chips, the the moments like you've just heard in the opening. Uh, just great work for the, for the whole year. We're joined by Wexford manager Dara Egan and the man that led Ferns to victory, Pat Bennett. We start with you, Pat. Johnny DeWare's sideline at the very end of the game. Was it 60, 70, 80, 90 yards, was it? Last night it was 50. And I think by the time I got away this evening, it was up to 80. Right? <laughs> but um, to be honest, to be honest, he does that. He does that every day. He does it. You've seen him. You have seen him, Ben. He, he practiced that. Every night before training, he'd be actually taking line balls, so we'd be slagging each other. But he'd missed, he'd got one up farther up the line, just where I was actually, and he put it down and it went in. And I'm going, I didn't even watch it, which I believe I didn't even look at it because I said, he's going to have a cut at this, so it was either going to go wider over the bar. And um, it went over the bar, which was unreal at the end of the day. But I haven't even seen it back, I haven't even watched it. You know, I, I you know, I don't, but the lad said it was a nice fade and it's so he does play a bit of golf, so it's going to be that. And he had another, he had another twenty yards on it if, if he needed it. Did he? Was that was that good? Oh God, it was. Okay. <laughs> P- Peter Marna in the commentary for Wexford GA had called it before it barely left his hurl. Yeah, look, he's he's actually very good at them now. Do you know what I mean? Um, and he go back and he take them. I've seen him take them from halfway line, like he's he's, he's, he's you know, and I have no problem in taking them because he probably hate. Two out of five or three out of five, you you take that. Like, do you know what I mean? You take that. At the time, I was just saying, is that going to go dead or it's going to go over the bar? And that's what all I wanted actually at the time. You know, I just didn't want to scuff one and they'd get hold of it, you know. In the 2013 final, he scored two sidelines. So, did he? He did, yeah. I wasn't one bit surprised now. I, mm. was, I was surprised the one on the far side a, little, a few minutes earlier that he didn't score that. That's what I was yeah. Thinking. Yeah, yeah. Look, he, he actually he actually he's decent, and he doesn't scuff. I haven't seen him scuff many of them. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I like about him? Is, and why I wanted him on him was even he's using his head an awful lot more this year too. Like you know, he's putting crossfield ball. Like you know, he's not just going for him all the time. He put some lovely balls crossfield to Chris and Paul and these guys as well, which was nice as well. You know. Well, actually, on that one, if you look at him, he's like he's looking. Who who will I give it to? Who will I give it to? Well, just sure there's nothing on it. I may as well just stick it over the bar. Mm. Yeah, because I think I think you'd give him one back to one Murphy just before that on the ground, and the ref pulled it back up again. So like he was he was looking. He normally you see when Johnny was taking them before he he'd be shooting everything like he'd be trying to hit it to under yards like. But this year he's been he's been clever and he's kind of looking for more you know twenty thirty forty ones and he can, and he can actually put them into your hand as well. You know he's good at that as well. Like, you know. You haven't considered now, Dara, bringing Johnny in to just for the Wexford team just to take sidelines alone. Yeah, him, himself and Adrian Finland midfield. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I tell you, he was he was fair effective all game. He was a good target for James Lawler as well. He was killing a lot of ball down that wing. He was you know he wasn't necessarily catching it, but he wasn't losing it either, and he was keeping it around that zone when uh, when Ferns were under a bit of pressure. So he was very effective all game. I know he get the he get all the highlights and all the plaudits for the sideline, but other than that, he had a serious game outside of that as well. Yeah, I mean the the three first pa- first half points as well, and after Corey Burndumbar had caught the the puck out, he gave it back to Johnny, who said Patrick Green away for a goal. I mean, if if you were going to pick 
a first goal scorer. Um, how far down would Patrick Breen have been in your list, Pat? Uh, would you believe he was checking us? I think he was checking what odds he was the night before. Someone was <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was 60 to 1. Um, all I know is I knew he was going to kick it. Right, We knew he was going to kick it because that there was never going to be an idea of batting it. But what actually happened in the game, in the game before against Van Brown, he found himself in the exact same position and he decided to stop and turn and come back. And then going like, why didn't you just keep going like, and kick it? So he had it in his head he was actually going to kick this one. But I, no, in fairness, I, I gave him an awful ribbon. And he um, he was just telling me that he when I looked at it, Actually, I saw that today on one of the Yorks and I and, and I just saw him. He actually had a good bit of work to do. He's more than I thought. He actually had to go. Oh, he absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the way it opened up, and I reckon it opened up because Martins were kind of saying, "Hey, this guy's going to do nothing anyway, so let's let, let, let him have it." You know what I mean? But I think that um, he he had to go wrong, Philip Dempsey, and like yeah, I I do I still tell him he's scuffed the kick like but you know that's <laughs> that's beside the point you know but uh, it ended up and I thought it was in and then all of a sudden it comes back out and I go oh my god did that just hit the post back you know but it was actually the back stanchion it hit which was which was pretty decent. I was only saying to him earlier today that if I had to pick of the fifteen players on the front team if I had to pick fifteen who I'd want in that position he would be number fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was actually right in line with it. I had a lovely view there. Um, his line of running, I, I was in the terrace for the second half, but um, his line of running off Johnny Dwyer's shoulder was unbelievable. Like, he took that ball at absolute full pace. And I know, I know you were saying there, Pat, he, he had Philip Dempsey to beat, but his momentum was so strong at that stage that Philip Dempsey, was unless he was rugby tackling, he was never going to get, not, never going to be able to stop his momentum. But uh he brought it all the way in. He made sure, and and uh, he seemingly tied enough footballer, is he? He's actually a decent footballer. Yeah, yeah, he is. yeah, yeah. I heard that. I heard that. So, no fair finish. Did the right thing, and a uh, huge, huge moment in the game because, as I said, uh, Martin's won, Martin's won a hot streak at that stage, and Ferns were under a bit of pressure. So it was a massive moment to bring you back in before half time. No, no, you're dead right there. Like um, the problem, the problem with that time, like we conceded six points in the trot, and the goal kind of killed that. And like we we could have gone in three or four points down, and instead we went in a point up because of the goal, you know. So it was a serious momentum shift. And in fairness, if you look at it, Corey did really well because Corey was was in got the ball in the corner. And normally these sometimes young guys like that might have a shot. Instead, he turned, played it back to Johnny, went ball to hand, and then as soon as Johnny got it, Breen took him off his shoulder, like you know, in the past. So everything had to go to hand, and if one of them broke down, it was never going to get the chance, you know. So that was that's the pleasing thing from my point of view was looking at that when I look back on it, and I'm going, yeah, that was really that was really clever, like you know, it was good. And and even Pat, on you just mentioned him there, pleasing thing from my point of view because I would have seen obviously seen Corey up up close this year a lot. He had a very very. Um, mature game yesterday there was a stage in the second half where the whole crowd was like he picked the ball on the run the whole crowd was like go 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 do you know what I mean like wanted him to go and hang it up in the top corner but it was county final and there was a man between him and the goals he just tapped it over kept the scoreboard ticking where like you say a young lad in a game like that that is nip and tuck all the way usually they try throw it over the shoulder or do do the worldly thing but uh, I thought Corey had a really really mature game yesterday such a young chap who's only after doing believing cert. Um, he 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 showed maturity beyond his years yesterday, definitely. He had an exceptional game, now. I really did. Probably yeah, a few performances earlier in the year, he probably wouldn't have been happy with himself, but he really turned up. Yes, turned up yesterday. Look, he's a great chap. These couple of years are going to be really important to him. Now, like you know, he's going to go into college. You know, he's, he needs to. He needs to. You know, at that age. He needs to just get on the right track and know what, what he's capable of. You know, he needs to build up a bit more. A lot of work to be done on him. But he's a really good, really good hurler. Really clever hurler. You know, passionate things about it all the whole time. It's just about him. Like, he's only he's just 19. Like, so he's, 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 he's he needs to just get, get get the next couple of years now, right? You know? Yeah. And again, again, he's, he's probably, you know, he was probably pulled and dragged a lot this year with under-19s club championship and with... You know, obviously Wexford twenties, the seniors he was in for a good stage of the league and so on. Like he was in an Escarty CBS, loads of games going on. 
you know, I'd say he could play soccer, he could play football, he could throw darts, he could play pool. I'd say whatever he puts, puts his hand to, he's, he's gifted at it. So, as you say, it's going to be important how he's nurtured now over the next 18 months or so. The last three of the game where Joe Coleman put it over the bar. Were you, were you surprised, Dara? Like, do you think Joe thought it was another play or did he just misjudge it? No, I'd say I'd say Ben again. I was I was actually in the tourists because I had I had three small lads with me at the match yesterday, so I was trying to keep them away from keep them away from trouble. But uh, no, I think when when Joe hit it, the minute he hit it, he um he put the hands to the head. So I'd say he did get word that it was probably in around the last play. I'd say he just he didn't hit it as clean as as clean as he'd like. Now it was you know it was it was that kind of awkward distance. It was probably a bit far out for a top spin and. It was, you know, whether he allowed it in or not. But no, I would say he knew, I would say Joe knew that it was in around the last play because the hands went to the head straight away even before the ref blew the final whistle. So um, I'd say he knew the crack. And again, look, Joe was such a clean ball striker. He would have he would have backed himself. If he was told it was the last play, he would have backed himself to, to try a top spin at that stage. And I'd say it just didn't come off right for him, that's all. Yeah, you're dead right. He actually, he'd actually, the lads were around him because they were all asking the ref at that stage and he'd ask them, he was told it was the last play. But like you said, Dara, the hands went to the head as soon as he hit it. Now, my hands went to my head as well. I was delighted. But hmm. he, uh, it was, it was the last, he knew it was the last play. But he just, and like he is, he's a super striker. He just didn't, he just didn't get it. Um, just didn't get it right. Like, and he knew himself once he hit it, you know. But you, Pat, have been involved in Ferns. I think this is your third year. For the first two years, you were a coach. And what I've heard from the lads is as soon as you became manager, you immediately became more cutthroat. Would you uh, notice this yourself or was it a purpose or would you not even think of that? <laughs> I was, I was telling you when I was actually this much fourth year. I've been three years in coaching, right? And this year, this year was a manager, but it, I don't, it wasn't, no one necessarily think that I was thinking about changing, right? Because in fairness, Joe Morrison, Patrick, Ben, your 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 father has been unbelievable with me, right, for the last couple of years. And Niall McGuire was with his first year, right? But this year this year was different in that I don't need Frankie with me, you know, so there was only the two of us. And then Paddy was doing the, 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 the strength and conditioning and the running and physical, you know. So I suppose it felt a little bit more that was left in you and you're kind of making all the decisions. And it's 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 that bit harder, but look. What I wanted with this group was we needed a panel. Like we need, we, we when you're playing eight matches in seven and a half weeks, you need a panel. And like we were lucky because we won our first three matches, so we could we could rest guys. You know, we rested Tommy, we rested Dick, we rested Bertie, we rested Paul, we rested Ian. We gave them all games off or half games off, you know. But we could do that because we were already qualified. If we hadn't done that, you know, we 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 would have been a swallow baller because you're, you're you're trying to chase it at the end of the day. Like against Martins in the drawing game, Dick didn't play, Paul didn't play, um, Corey didn't play, and someone else didn't play. Tommy didn't play, you know. So we rested all them, which was which was great because you're giving the other guys games anyway as well. But no, it, it turned out that way a little bit because um, it just it just turned out that way. I think the first game against Islegate, we were, I think we were, we didn't play particularly well first half, and I, I substituted two at halftime. You know, and all of a sudden they're going, oh, holy mother, what happened here? But like I knew I had five subs, you know, so I knew I could, I could I could make substitutions. So from there on in, then I was making substitution. I was actually telling them I was going to make substitution. I was going to make the fastest one ever. I was going to try to get inside 10 minutes. If they weren't working hard, it was one of them gone, you know. And um, I think the fastest, I think the fastest one we did was 17 minutes. But like, you know, if you're not working, that was what I was trying to get into. It's your half to work hard and if you don't work I don't mind if they hit a white I don't mind if they don't miss pickups these things happen but once you're not working and like Paul Morris is just that if Paul Morris is even having an off day right which with firms this year he'd no off day but if he had one he works his socks off he hasn't got the ball you know he always works hard he breaks he, bre- he you know he breaks tackles he like, gets blocks in he gets hooks in so that's what I was trying to get through to the other guys that they did the exact same thing and it kind of it kind of sank home eventually. It took him a while, but it kind of sank home eventually. He didn't fall out with anyone in the process. 
had a good go at it at times now, in fairness. <laughs> there was long phone calls. You know, it's great, Karen, I will tell you, when you're driving home in the car, you get all your phone calls going, so it's really good. But, it's, but it really shortens the road. You know, I think my longest phone call was one hour, 22 minutes. That was a complicated one. But it got me home, which was pretty decent, you know. But, but look, no, like, nobody's going to be happy. And Darren knows it really more well than I do when you're doing club and inter-county. Nobody's happy at starting and coming on and be taken off. And, and you wouldn't want them to be. I've no problem with them. But the one thing I was was, I was honest with them. And I told him beforehand, you know what I mean? I told him beforehand all the time. Some guys like, some guy, one guy went on holidays, he never got his he never got his place back, you know? And he went on holidays, missed the first two games, and he never got his place back. And that was it. That was, But that was down to the other guys who got the game. Like, even even take the Declan thing in the, in the, in the, in the semi-final. You know, Bertie done such a great job on Doyle, Nick Doyle, Nick Doyle in, the, in, the, in the group stage. Nick is a hard guy to, to deal with. And Bertie did a great job on him, right? And held him scoreless. So the decision was, was I going to drop the captain or was I going to play Bertie? So I dropped Deck, And Deck was unbelievable because, you know, he, I made him captain. When does he was given? I made him captain. That's what I believe in the guy. He's an unbelievable guy. But he just said, yeah, whatever it takes, whatever we want to win the semifinal, that's it. You know? And he just went, got on with it. And that's the way we were. We got it to that level, which is unbelievable for club level. You know, sometimes you can get uh, you can get in the county guys to do that, but at club level it's hard enough. The fellas believe you know they've been playing, they've been playing for the last fifteen years. They should be playing now, and that doesn't happen. So it was great. It just worked out great. Um, they all bought in. Whether it was ten minutes, five minutes, six minutes, like you look at it when, in our games, and we're just talking about ferns. Like I mean, you had Benny Jordan come on and won the game against Barntown. John Breen come on and won the game semi final. You know. It was that's what they did, and you know he's that's that's the way it worked, and it all worked out yesterday. Bitsy came on, got the point. Benny came on, scored a point. You know, in a point game, these are all really, really important points. Mm. Like, you know, it is a serious panel there of of subs to come in who are experienced. You know, just that. Um, I suppose I was at your two games against the Raps, Pat. Uh, one up in Gory, the first one, and and obviously the semi final then as well, but. Just on Kieran Roberts, you can't underestimate. Like Nick Dyle is a serious, serious hand for the club level, and 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 is a big, big player for the Raps. You can't underestimate, and it's serious management by you, I suppose, popping him in that semi final. How how well he did up in Gory and in the semi final, and keeping the ball out of Nick Dyle's hand. Like his timing was unbelievable under the ball, and I suppose it is. You'd be often in a dressing room, you saying, "Oh, look, it's horses for courses, and it's you know matchups, and it's you can be you can be a bit over infatuated with matchups at times." But for a pivotal player like Nick Dyle, having Kieran Roberts, who was able to do it is Kieran, isn't it? Kieran yeah. Roberts, yeah, Bertie, yeah. having someone like that to like his timing was impeccable under every high ball. He was catch Nick Dyle had his left arm behind his back for most high balls that were coming down, but not too many frees came off and he was just he was really, really good and, and I, I think I think, you know, for a matchup like that and for for Ferns seeing that ball being kept out on Nick Dyle's hand, the amount of damage he did in the championship last year, I'd say it was a massive a massive step forward for you and a massive Philip for you to go on and win win those games. But Really interesting to hear that 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 that's why I suppose Declan Byrne didn't start the semi final. Not not too many of us would have known that backstory. Yeah, and and to be honest, like you know, Dara, sometimes you know you get a guy you have a great game and you go up and he catch balls, he catch four five balls. That might not happen. It's very hard to do the second time. But the thing about Bertie was in the first game, like it's, it's all about his timing. Like he, all I wanted him was to get ball to ground and had a guy underneath to, to win the break, right? And he did the, I know he'd do the exact same thing the second day because it's all about his timing and he, you know, he was going to get the timing right. And like Nick has scored two, three in the game before. So like you, you couldn't afford to let him loose because he could kill you in, this, in 10 minutes. Like, but like, I don't know if he caught one ball in the second game either. Do you know? And you know, that's all down to Bertie. He's called Bertie. I, it took me kind of a year to realize Kieran Roberts is, who's Kieran Roberts? That's it's Bertie's Bertie, like, do you know? And, and he's a yeah. character because, if you train at six o'clock, Bertie will come in a minute past. If you train at eight o'clock, he'll come a minute past. You know, so he's done a lot of press ups. He's done a lot of one Ks for being a minute late. But he's he's kind of gone at a bit this year. He's he arrived he arrived I think ten minutes early for one train. That's that's a really serious effort, you know. 
Too busy working. Have you ever seen him with clean fingernails? No, not a chance in the world. You know, you know Ben. You know, you, you, you know him at training, like. But look, the good thing from our point of view, Bertie had a really bad injury. So had Dick now. Dick had a really bad injury for the last two years. And they struggled on last year. Like, you know, they, they, they struggled. But this year, you know, we, we kind of, they got it right and we got it right, you know. And I remember resting Bertie in one of the games. And following morning, very early, I got a text. I'm good now. I'm fine now. I'm good to go. You know, you don't have to rest me anymore. I'm good, like, mm-hmm. you know. So he wanted to get back in again quick as possible, you know. I have. I'm upset with Bertie now. I told him, I was talking to him on Friday at Mick Walsh's wedding, and I told him, if we win on Sunday, Bertie, I'll carry you off the field. And I went over to him, and he would not let me carry him off the field. <laughs> he flat out refused. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he, he, you know, you just said it down, Mick, in fairness to Mick, like, Mick got married in, in Killarney on, on Friday, and, you know, the lads drove down, they drove straight back home again. In fairness, like, they, they, they um, you know, they've been really, really good, these guys, like, because Tindevery, they have really made a good mate, a good teammate, gets married, and you have to stay dry, and you have to be clever and think. I know that that was happened to be a county final, but this happened, this happened, like, even with Tonks, like, Tonks' brother got married two weeks ago, and never drank, he couldn't believe it, he spent the whole day, like, drinking, drinking tea and coffee, and I mm-hmm. said, no, you know what I feel like, you know, but he's, he's, um, that's what you have to do, the middle sacrifices. What, what's this um, now, Pat? Sorry. What's his brother Tonks now? Tonks' his brother got married. I'm gonna and invest- he was the best man. I'm going to investigate you this one now. <laughs> do have a, have, a, have a go at it, right? And, I didn't know uh, he had a brother. <laughs> is it a brother? Or maybe he's his best mate, so I thought it was his brother. But it maybe was, it was his best oh, mate. Oh, Lancaster said, was it? And that was six weeks ago. All right. No, no, no. This was, yeah, no, this one was, this one was only two or three weeks ago. And he he went to the wedding. And, um... <laughs> He didn't. He was oh, best sorry. man at the wedding. Anyway. Sorry, to the wedding. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Lanky got married yeah. three, two, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah. yeah. And he went to the wedding and um, came home. Right, happy days. You, know? you, didn't, you didn't think about uh, asking Mick Walsh to postpone the wedding or anything, no? Um, I kind of did actually. Um, <laughs> on, I did, I, but it was only like a week out because we we didn't know where we were going to go to. So I, I did. No, I didn't. Uh, Mick, Mick, Mick actually only told me I didn't know he was getting married. Would you believe that? Until after we'd won, and he said, "That's brilliant, no Pat, but I'm going to miss the final because I'm, I'm getting married on Friday." <laughs> I'm going, God, Mick, would you not do something about that, lad? Please, right? do anything. But, but no, he was. He, he's he's a great. I tell you, I can't talk highly about Mick. He'd been unbelievable because when James is when Dara decides to take James away and we don't get him, and, and um, we don't uh, we, we're playing league matches and Mick turns up and plays and he's a really really good keeper, like he's a really really good keeper. And I remember the first year first year I went into Ferns, I had to um, make the decision between James Lawler or Mick, and James was only young and Mick had been there all along, and there was the, the turnover and. A lot of guys were turned away, and in fairness, Mick not Mick was brilliant. Like he just came and he, he you know, he he helped them out every way he could, and he's still doing it. And he's doing it with the younger. There's a younger guys now with Evan and these guys coming, and he's doing the exact same thing with them. He's a really, really, really great guy. Great guy. Um, Mick deserves this big time. It was unfortunate that he didn't get to be there to to celebrate as well. You know, if we look at the final as a whole, Dara, were you impressed with the standard of Harlan? And have you have you anything from the Martins' point of view, like? They put in a good sh- a good show, especially considering the amount of bodies they were down for the final. Yeah, um, again, I suppose it's good to read the text on the way home from Wexford, Wexford Park yesterday, even from you know my own lads at home and tip and said, "Jesus, great final on telly." They were you know they were watching it and they said it was the standard was very high, which is good. Um, I thought it was a very very good game, uh, really you know really sharp. It was it was tit for tat all the way through. I think the Martins deserve a massive amount of credit over the last three or four weeks how they have how they've progressed. Um the ball lads the ball in fairness their style of play, the ball to get into their inside line is uh, is unbelievable. And I think a lot of club teams can learn from it, inter county teams can learn from it. But you look at say Deverick's and, and um and Kyle Furman inside, you know, not two of the biggest guys, but they are given high quality ball in front of them. Their half forward line are obviously doing something right to create that space. And even Pat, I suppose at the you know, late in the first half, you were probably two on two inside and under a bit of pressure. You know, Niall, who has been excellent free, 
they were all under pressure because of the amount of space they had in front of the but uh, in front of them. But no, as a whole, I thought it was really good. I felt against the wraps, Fern's build up play was probably a bit slow and I was worried how they you know, how they attacked yesterday's game, but but um Ferns really took the ball forward, they kept breaking the line yesterday, which was obviously great for them and and they got their scores. Um and and you know they were the better team. They were they, they were just deserving winners at the end. But I think the Martins deserve a savage amount of credit for for how they how they went about their business over the last three or four weeks. Getting the ball into the full forward line, you know they were very dangerous, and there was a forty yard space between you know the half back line and the full forward line. And a lot, a lot of that is down to how your half forwards on the opposite side work, and they stop letting them give good ball in. But like for ten minutes before half time. We, we didn't work hard enough. And the, the ball they were getting into Kyle and these guys was unbelievable. Like, And you know if you give any kind of a top forward 40 yards of space, it's so hard to defend against it. You know, so it, it, it's true. The Martins were putting savage good ball in. But it was a lot down to the work right outside the middle of the field where I don't think we worked hard enough at that stage. And then they were able to get better ball in in front. And the gap was there, you know. But in fairness to, yeah. to Niall, to Niall, like, you know, you're looking and you're saying, okay, we'll deal it. But Niall dealt with it. You know, he dealt with the 40 yards of space. He deals with the high ball coming in. He deals with that and the putting in front of him, you know. And in fairness, they, they came up with some really good balls early days. But you just need to work really, really hard so that you stop the Martins putting ball in at that stage, you know. And like when you're missing a Gavin Bailey and a, and, and a, Connor, and a Connor Scallon, two inter-county players for us, and they were gone, and then we lose Ian Byrne at half time. You know, all of a sudden, like you're missing, you're, we're missing three of our top players as well. And you're saying, okay, we need we need to man up here now. Like you know, somebody has to come and stand up. And I thought the man, they're just they're lovely, they're a lovely, lovely brand of hurling. Their movement is really, really good. And you look at some of them, and you say you can't defend that. They got some savage scores as well. I think they got some really, really good scores from the sideline points wise and everything. You know. And if you score 22 points in a county final, you kind of say, well, right, that's literally win it, you know. Kyle Furman yeah. is, is an exciting talent. Well, I, do, I do feel, Pat, what your point there making, because a lot of people are just saying like, oh, Martin's missing Roy O'Connor, missing Jack O'Connor, Joe O'Connor. But we were, we were missing players as well. So I think that kind of, maybe not fully negates it, but it does negate it quite a bit, because like, we were missing you know, a couple of top quality players. The likes of Luke Cavanagh, David Codd, you know, Joe Barrett, Dermot O'Leary, these lads really stepped up. And I think the Martins do deserve a lot of credit with how they went about their business over the last two or three weeks in how they use their good, you know, they have good ball players. They're obviously after winning a lot of underage, but, but them younger lads stepped up. They had a good, a good style. Yes, Pat, definitely around the middle, you were being outfought and maybe, you know, they were getting on more ball than you are. But if you look at the semi final as well against Gorey, they were able to exploit the gory full back line with a massive amount of space and putting ball in in front of the likes of Kyle Furman, David Everett's that it was undefendable at times in both games. So um no it was a really it was a really, really good. It was it was very tactical but there was a nice flow to the game. Do you know there was there was there was a bit of you know a few rocks every now and again that you're gonna get but there was a nice flow to the game and there was constant scores. So um as I said, yesterday's final represented the championship as a whole. We probably all seen Barry Cleary's image today. There, where every team bet each, other, you know, bet somebody in the in the circle, which was crazy uh, over the twelve teams in the championship. But um, overall, it was a good championship, albeit in a tight time frame. And uh, the final yesterday was a good representation of how the championship has gone over the last uh, eight weeks. Yeah. But you know, you know, Darrow, what, what, what Wexford is like. I mean, in the last five years, we've got five different champions. You know, that, yeah. that, that doesn't happen in, in, in any other county, really, you know. And that just shows, like, you can be a, you can be a point away from being in relegation and you can end up getting to a semi-final full, and a final. It's that tight. It really is that tight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah def- definitely. There was a, there was a graphic last year after last year's championship and it was, uh, it was similar to what Barry Cleary did where, Kind of, there was only one team out of a loop of this team bet this team who bet this team. But then I saw Barry Cleary's today, and it's just it shows how competitive the the, the senior championship is, and especially considering the last year and Owlert going down. And they, we'll talk a bit about that as well. That they've come straight back up now. 
But uh, you've got Caban going down now, and I mean they're they're a quality team themselves. Anyone anyone can beat anyone, and it, it, with as Pat said, with five champions in the last five years, it, it's it's open for whoever puts in the effort in any in any given year. And and again, you'll you'll get people you know, you'll get the usual naysayers saying, "Oh, yeah, but the quality isn't there, and it's this and that." I guarantee you, you bring the top one of the top three or four teams in Tipperary, Kilkenny, Galway, or Cork, and you bring them down to play a fully a fully stocked Ferns or fully stocked Martins in a challenge match, and I guarantee it won't be a whole pile in it. That's that's the reality. And when when a team like Ferns gets their style of play going, gets into the groove is on week on week, are feeling good about themselves and are playing well and they know they all know their roles, they um you know, there'll be a match for any, for, for anybody. And again, I suppose for Pat to, to manage over the next eight or nine weeks is how they attack the Leinster Club Championship because I, I think we'd all love them to to represent Wexford very well. It's obviously going to be difficult now with the long extended break. But you know, if they can get back into their groove and 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 sharpen sharpen the blade a small bit as we're heading into Leinster Championship, I don't think they need to be fearing anybody. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. So, Pat, from from your from your perspective, the championship championship run off in eight weeks. So there was five group games, quarter final, semi final, and final in, in eight weeks. Is is it? Are you happy with that? I mean. From a player's point of view, I'm sure they love the games, but also any kind of knock, and you could be missing for a couple of games. Yeah, look, of course, Dan, I'm going to say yeah because we we won the championship, right? Yeah, but it was <laughs> like we played we we played our first game on a Tuesday night, we played our second match on a Saturday night, and then we went every week since. So it's basically seven and a half weeks, eight games. I and this is down. It's not to do with Wexford because Wexford have to play their championships. You know, the football starts next week, so. Our boys are going to be playing football for the next six, seven, eight weeks, depending on how far they go. Do you know what I mean? So that's what's going to happen there. There's no easy thing to this. I would have liked a gap. You know, I would have liked probably two weeks extra where that you can give a gap between a quarterfinal. If you even get, if you get a dead leg, you can miss a quarterfinal, semifinal. Like <clears throat> um, one of our guys went on a holiday on the first, on the first week and he missed, two, he missed two rounds of the matches. Do you know? And that's only a one week's holiday. Yeah. So like, okay, you'll say okay, you shouldn't go on holiday, but you you know that doesn't happen. Of course, they have to go. They have to go on holidays because like they're married with kids, and you got to pick your. You, you don't get really picked a lot of time when you can't do it, you know. So you, you're working, so you got to go and do it. So I just think it's hard. We were lucky, and it's probably down to and Ben, you know, Shona and Caitlin. Like we've two of the best physios ever, and those two, like we we went into the match yesterday with everybody that we started with, Bar Connor and Gavin who were out anyway, right? But everybody else started and were fit to go. And like to get that in that space of time is unbelievably hard thing to do. You know? Yeah. And that that was probably the winning it for us because you had the mountains like Jack got the hamstring the week before, you know, and he he got him out of the equation for he'd only he only come in in the last quarter. You know, if he could play the full game and there was other, presumed other guys as well that were injured. So, like, it's hard going to, to play eight matches in a row, but I can't complain about it now, can I? How can I complain about it? <laughs> mm. And Dara, from your perspective as the Wexford senior manager, the hurling in the county is finished now, basically, until January. Uh, and it's, it's football for the, for the next eight, eight, nine weeks. Is that, is that an issue? Uh, no, not for me, Gary, to be honest. At my, at my current standing point, I suppose if we had this question 12 months ago, it may be a different answer. But from my current standing point, right, I'm a year in the job. I know now exactly who I have. I know now the amount of potential that's in the 19, 20, 21-year-olds there. We have a development squad working in the gym there the last maybe five or six weeks with Declan Brown. So we know... Who needs? We were talking about Corey. You know, some lads need to pull a cup. Some lads need to, you know, gain a bit of muscle and so on. I know exactly who I need. And you look at September, October. Reality is, we are not allowed back training until the middle of December. That's the current intercounty guidelines. So, September, October, November. I'm now getting a chance to have a chat with those development players. We are going. There are going to be changes in our panel. That's just the reality. That's the nature of the way it works. And I know that I can give lads an opportunity there over the next three months without taking from their football campaign. 
um, where they can get the bit of gym work done, supervised. They can do a bit of collective. Uh, you know, it's it's good for the likes of now, maybe the likes of Joe Barrett now getting getting a chance to go into a collective gym session with Matthew Hanlon and Damien Reck or whoever over the next few weeks. It's it's giving us a perfect opportunity to look at the lie of the land, try develop our squad, try develop the development squad um, that's there, the kind of 10 or 15 lads who are at that 19, 20, 21 year age and give them every opportunity to come into us in the middle of December in tip-top shape. We're not going to kill them. There'll be no conditioning. There'll be no... It's a lot about bulking, educating them around the gym, educating them around nutrition, educating them on what it looks like to be an inter-county hurler and it's a perfect standpoint for me from now. So um, to answer your question in, in, in the middle of August, heading towards the end of August, it's, it's, it's ideal for me at the moment, but uh, that's just the way the championships are running Wexford. And, and, uh, and as I said, if we had, if, if you asked me that question 12 months ago or in 12 months time, I might have a completely different answer <laughs> to you. It's just as, as we are today, that's, that's how, that's how the light land is with us. And then as well, having so many games and getting all that game time into a lot of the, the young lads that you mentioned, like likes of Corey, likes of Joe Barrett, Oshin Pepper, Jack Redmond, like they, they've all been really important for their club teams during the championship. That, that must be very encouraging. For, first of all, to see see them standing up for their clubs, but also the amount of game time, uh, quality games that they're getting into them. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly, and and you you know, like the few you mentioned there, Jack Redmond. Jesus, he was absolutely unbelievable for Atnor in some of the games he played this year. It's it's brilliant for us to see that. Uh, it's brilliant for Keith Rosser to see that with the twenties as well. You know, they they they'll hopefully have a right cut off the twenties campaign next year as well. Um, and and I suppose it's great for us, even with Ferns yesterday. We had a lot of a lot of Ferns heads involved in our twenty twenty two squad, and it was great to see them step up. Uh, all throughout the championship, you know, knowing that the likes of Owen Murphy maybe hurled very well with DCU, came into us, got unlucky with a hand injury. But knowing now that we, you know, we see something in him, he's a good physical player, he's a good, good strong lad. And it's, you know, it's great for us over an eight-week period as, as a selection committee, as a management committee, uh, to see these lads in, 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 in real hot action and, and, and playing very well for their clubs. So it's all it's all positive on our end. And as I said, it gives us a real proper opportunity to educate these lads over the next eight to ten to twelve weeks about how the intercounty uh, player has to live and, and 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 do their work. And by the time we get them in mid December then we'd be hopefully uh, we'd be hopefully that ten or fifteen percent better than we were in twenty twenty two heading into twenty twenty three. In previous games past this year and the last couple of years we seem to go short a lot with the poker. It's a very short game. And yesterday, most of the puckouts went long. We went long to the wing wing forwards, very traditional. Was was that a tactic planned before the game that we'd attacked it attacked the Martins like that? Yeah, in fairness, yeah, James. James was an offer to thought into puckouts and sometimes, you know, when you're playing with intercounty players, it's great they all to deal with it. But sometimes when you go with club players it's it's a little bit harder to deal with movement and stuff like that, you know. And sometimes a little bit of a movement wasn't good enough yesterday, but it's always going to be like that. That will tell you that. You're never happy with the movement with the forwards on puck outs and stuff. But yeah, we wanted to target certain certain guys. We wanted to target. We wanted to, we wanted to get our matchups on those. And um, overall, we lost a couple, but we won more than we than we lost. We would have been happy enough on the puck outs yesterday, do you know. Um, but it's again, it, it was something that I I think you know this year, you know, with James, he's he's a different animal. You know, he's a different animal. You know, he's I don't have I don't have to shout at him as much about puckouts when he's doing it. Um, I don't think I shouted once at him yesterday, which was unbelievable. He 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 let me know anyway. But you know, and it's not shouting at him; it's shouting to say, you know, I want to change it to shorter. I want to change it to long. But he, he kind of sees it himself now an awful lot better. And again, is he the finished article on puckouts? No. But is he learning? Yeah. And you know the one thing about him? He, he's there an hour beforehand in training. And he's there a half an hour after. Still, I have to send him home. I sent mm-hmm. him home last week. Because he's still hitting balls 50 yards, 40 yards, 60 yards into the hand. Now he hits my hand and he nearly broke my finger with it. And I'm going, <laughs> take a piece off. You know, take a bit off it. You know? And he goes, no, I can't. If I take a bit off, Dara's going to kill me. 
So I said, all right, I'm, I'm never again catching any. I'm, I'm never again catching any of your puck outs anyway. That's what that, that's what you know. Does does James get excited enough in the goal? No, no, he doesn't. He, he's a quite calm kind of a guy. Uh, well, hey, I'll he, tell you. He he's fair lucky he was able to play because of how he wasn't concussed in the semi final <laughs> run around the post when he ran into the post and and uh, nearly not yeah. nearly knocked himself out. That that would have been yeah, some scenario was... part of you had lost James Lawler to the goal post and, and Mick Walsh to the <laughs> to the wedding going into a county final. <laughs> yeah, we'd have some fun. We'd have some fun because as you know well Ben, Johnny was going in goal like so it was going to be we'd have no one to take the line ball. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't bring him out of goal to take the line ball, no? <laughs> he, he'd want to he actually would want to but I don't know if he would but it's gas lads you're talking you know you're talking about goalkeeping there very interesting conversation with with uh, you know one of the Limerick the Limerick SNC who was with Tip previous who I know very well he was talking about Nicky Quaid and his training like he just said it's different level the amount of time and time before training that they're, that goalies are spending now on their game is unbelievable like it's absolutely incredible he said Nicky Quaid is such he's never seen a student of the game like Nicky Quaid and I hope, you know, I'm certain he'll get his all-star this year I hope he gets it but to just to see the amount of time that these lads are putting into their game and in fairness you know we, you know, all, all all county teams have lads like that are putting time and effort into their game, and and it's uh, it, it's great to see because it's it's creating better quality games because most goalies now, all the good club goalies, all the inter, inter county goalies, they put it in your mouth there if you were if you were looking for it. So yeah, we'll, we'll move on and um, we will we'll talk a little bit about the intermediate final where Owlert returned to senior. After one year down by beating Tamon one twenty six to two thirteen, they have cruised through most of the championship. Um, during the group stage, especially they they only had one game that they didn't hammer who they were playing in in the Buffers Alley match, and then they they beat them comfortably enough in the semi final. But I mean, I know definitely from the from the semi final, my own club were playing against Tamon. But even in the final, they they gave Alert a lot to think about. Yeah, they did. They did definitely. Um, they were really, really coming strong just before half time. They hurled very well. But again, Timon, like well coached. No, everybody knew knew what they were at. Um, and is it Carl Carl Doyle? Like, had he won six in the first half, won five maybe in the first half. Like you know, good, good player. Like so. Um, I was impressed with Timon against Eskimore. You know they were they were way the better team, and, and in the final, I kind of knew they were gonna they were gonna give Owlert lots of it, and um, and they did well. But ultimately, Owlert just had that extra bit of class to pull away from them in the end. But um, very impressed with Timon, as I said, how they how they went about their game, and everybody knew their role, and they played to their strengths, dropping Ian Carty back into the pocket as much as they possibly could. Uh, he's a fine player, and 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 he's after being brilliant for them all season, and and uh, you know his use of the ball is good, and you know he's he's some good 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 uh, good lads, well able to hurl all around him, and, and as I said, Carl Dyne was impressive up top as well. So, uh, congrats, to Alerta. I'm sure they'll be they'll be licking their lips, as we said. The even nature, the senior championship, they 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 reckon they'll have a cut off whoever comes at them next year. By the time it comes around, they'll they'll feel they'll be well able for anybody. Yeah, and great to see Sean Murphy back as well. He had come, he had come back for the semi final and um, had a great game in the in the final as well. And there was there was a yeah. young lad coming in there that you might have your eye on as well. Um, Rory Jacob came on and scored one yeah. one. He did. He came on the goal off the left and the point off the right. And, <laughs> uh, but again, again, lads, like that clip. I know we're laughing about Rory. He's just such a tidy hurler, but. If you look, at the, you know, you're trying to coach young lads or even trying to coach somebody in the county lads. And if you look at the clip of Rory Jacobs' goal, I, I'm not, I can't remember exactly who was powering through before they offloaded a hand pass. Rory Jacobs simply was just back and back two or three yards to give himself the extra line of sight. To give it, he knew but by the time he put his hand to the ball, the goalie was going to be out rushing on him. And Rory, just by simple foot movement, gave himself the opportunity to step over to his left hand side and tuck it in under the goalie. 
like a young lad in that situation or, or a less experienced player in that situation would nearly go towards the ball carrier, get himself gobbled up by the goalie and, and get a struggle to get his shot away. But Rory just, you know, he's, he's a class finisher, always was a class finisher. But it's just interesting to see that clip, how simply, even even in, in his latter years, how simply he was able to move to give himself the best opportunity to tuck away the goal off the left. And then the point point off the right was he was just shown off at that stage. He was just uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was and the, he fin- was, the uh, finger up. No, unreal, yeah, yeah. Unreal <laughs> back fingers, yeah. But but again, um look, you need like to, just think about think about him going down our train and like what kind of an education is he giving some of the younger forwards or younger players uh with his with his hurling brain and, and, and his hands. Um he's given them some lessons down in training and I'd say no better man to have a cut off a senior championship again next year. Yeah. Well, they do have the um, the intermediate Leinster. The Leinster, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, and they'll take stopping in that too. Well, that, uh, what affects, what's going to influence Ferns big time, affect Ferns big time and affect the Raps last year is the football. But your alerts don't really do football. So, <laughs> shouldn't affect them. Yeah, but like, while I, while I found about Olert, you know, Olert had, had, had all these players, like, I don't know, Technically, I, I don't think they should have actually gone down last year. You know, they, I thought, you know, they were too good to go down if that's such a thing. But they, um, from day one in the league, I think they won something like 7, 28 to 11 points. And I'm kind of saying, okay, these guys are too early doing this crack, you know. And they were putting up like they won 42 points, 50 points and doing that. And then the Buffers Alley, you know, put it up to them. And you're saying, okay, are these boys coming back? They had a little bit of a blip because it's so hard to maintain that from, that was March, like, and you're maintaining that, and like they're moving. I saw them a good few times this year, and their movement at that stage was, you know, top class of a senior. You know, it was really top class. They're moving. They were getting, we were on about the the mountains and the great ball they put in. Like these guys were putting unbelievable ball in, um, to their to their forwards, and they look really really strong. And I'm going, okay, this is like five months later. Are they going to keep it up? You know, are they going to keep doing what they were doing? But look, to be honest, they're a really good side, and and I think if they continue what they're doing. There's an all Ireland and them at club like you know. I think they're they're that good like. Yeah, and as you as you said though, having Sean back there now as well, like like again, my first year involved with Sean, geez, he's some some operator. He was a he was a massive you know a massive part of our panel this year, even though he was really struggling. Like he couldn't he couldn't walk for the first few weeks of our of our training and. And he got the operation done, but just being in around the group and that he's a serious, serious leader. So he's only going to go from strength to strength, hopefully over the next few weeks and months. And and I'd say he's eyeing up that Leinster campaign as a, you know, as a catapult to get him back in gear to hopefully have a crack off 2023. And the good, the good thing about Sean is that Sean, like you talk to Sean and he's an absolute gentleman. He's a gym. He's a, he's an absolute gentleman. Sean Murphy is. You put a hurl in his hand and you put him on the pitch and holy mother, holy <laughs> okay. you know, and he and he and he'll smile and he'll smile doing it as well. Like there's no hassle that way. And like yeah. he's the guy you'd you'd be you'd be naming all day, first day, every day because you know 100 percent of Sean Murphy. That's a given, you know. And he's he's really hard on himself, but he's an absolute gem of a guy. And he's a, like he's zero. Like there's no maintenance in Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy comes, does his trend, does his thing, does no maintenance. I don't know if Dara would even know his number because, you know, he just comes, does what he does, and there's no there's no hassles with, with Sean yeah, Murphy. He's, yeah. he's a class, class guy, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a fact. Did you catch the, were you in Rexford Park for the Intermediate A final, Dara? The Davidson, or the Intermediate A was... Horswood. Horswood. No, I watched, I watched that one on stream. Uh, again, again, some finished with Sean Hall with two goals after that, but like a good game, um, you know, good quality, and again, great to see Connor Foley, you know, I suppose fulfilling his his potential, and another another guy that's hopefully going to come through the ranks um, pretty quickly. He was, I thought he was excellent in in Doctor Colin Park full back in in a position that he wouldn't have been that familiar with against Kilkenny in the twenties final this year, and and uh, it was you know great to see him float over that. Float over that nice ball for is it Sean Nolan was fifteen is this? Yeah, Sean Nolan. Yeah, Sean, Sean Nolan. Yeah, great team float over that ball for Sean. But uh, yeah, some some achievement by Horace Wood. They, they're after jumping jumping two grades in two consecutive years, which which is massive. And I, but I, I have heard there's an awful lot of good work going on down there. So um, 
Yeah, and commiserations, I suppose, to Castletown. They, 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 they looked like the winners for long periods of the game. Some really fit, athletic players and and uh, worked very, very well for the first 50, 55 minutes. But uh, credit to Horswood, they stuck with it and they got their victory in the end. I remember Harlan Horswood in junior about, about 10 years ago. Our second team against Horswood. And we absolutely bet the lad out. So they must have done some serious work in the last few years to get to get where they are now. Yeah, but look, you'd even see it again. I mentioned Connor Foley again. You'd even see it like he's fair. Technically, he's a really, really good player, and that does just doesn't happen by accident. Like there's some there, there's good coaching going on down there. When you see him, uh, you see him even the way he plays the game, the way he reads the game. Obviously, he had a good season with good counsel at the schools this year as well. It's. Uh, just you know, you'd know there's something good going on down there when you're when you're producing players like that. So, from a Wexford perspective, we're hoping that uh, that he you know he makes great strides over the next the next few weeks and months and years as well. And in the junior, then probably a man you know well, Davy Dunn, probably turned on yeah. t- turned it on for Davison. Yeah, Pat would probably know him better than I. I had Davy this year, and he was ravaged with injury with the hamstrings. So Pat will probably know him better than I did, but. Some uh, some turn of foot to to hang one up there in the first to hang two of them up in the first half, um, but uh, yeah, really you know a good player and and that that's going to be an interesting replay now because Glenn Barrington really dug in and 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 were again looked like likely winners in the second half, but uh, it was it was a you know a good draw and I think everyone will be waiting anxiously for that for that replay. But Pat, you know Davy well over the last few years too. I do, Darry. Yeah. I- Davey, Davey was actually in my pod through COVID, so I really got to really know him, you know, as well as being on the player. I got to know him as a guy. What a laid-back guy. He's unbelievable. And it was so funny because yesterday I was watching it, you know, Davey gets first ball, throws it over the bar. He gets second one and he goes for goal, you know. And I'm going, bye-bye. You know, I knew once he got it, he just went bang, goal, you know. And then he comes out and it was quite enough for about five or ten minutes, you know. And we were sitting, we were sitting in the stand, and Frankie was kind of just saying to me, "What's that?" And I said, "Ah, they, I think um, they were playing uh, Glamartown, and they got a couple of scores to bring it kind of back a little bit, you know, back up to cancel the goal." And I said, "Ah, don't worry, Davy's going to go again now. Like he's after getting his rest. Next ball in his hand, straight through goal, like you know." And the boys were going, "Holy mother, how do you know?" I said, "I know, Davy. Like he's got such potential. He's unbelievable. He get he picks up his injuries." that kills him at the wrong time, yeah. you know, yeah. and that just kills him because his momentum, I'd say, like, even, even with you, Darry, it was going really well early days. It was yeah, going really, really but, well. But, but you hit the nail on the head there, Pat. It's the timing. You know, you'd be thinking, lovely, you know, this lad is definitely going to see action in this league game. He's after putting in two or three weeks there of just blitzing it up, play him at 11, play him inside of 15. He's blitzing it up, and then it's the timing. It's You know, it's a hammer. It's four to six weeks. And he find, you know, he finds it hard to to just get that prolonged period of of real real high high class training in, and uh, and unfortunately that hampered him in 2022. And but look, I suppose all he'll 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 take something out of 2022 if they win that replay, and uh, he'll be he'll be mad for action there. But uh, definitely a talented talented player. And a, and a shout out to a friend of the pod, Andrew Shaw, as well, who uh, popped up with a big score at the end. One 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 a man Andrew is. Um yeah. Andrew's in is in a couple of years. Um absolute gentleman. Andrew Andrew was brilliant because he actually came in and you know, he was on the panel for a year or two and then he he kinda of went off the panel but he still wanted to come in and you know, when we were having fifteen on fifteen matches he wanted to come in and play and he helped that. He came in and he play. And you know, he was really, really good in the panel. You know, the lads loved him. Um uh, big, big unit, struck the ball. He got two serious, serious points, you know, from probably 100 yards out and um, really really good hurler really good striker big unit like a serious big unit um, mobility kind of was the problem is the problem now in the, in, in, in the modern game now like it's all about pace and movement and you've got to be big and strong and move and you know that's 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 Andrew but again he showed up yesterday big time you know and helped his club unbelievable to get back in and get the draw you know so the last thing we'll do now is um we we put it to you, Pat, to pick the hurler of the week, uh, sponsored by Boland's Wexford Ford, the official Ford dealership located in Ferrybank, Wexford, number one for new and used cars in Ireland. So, Pat, look, 
we'll let you we'll let you be biased and you can pick a ferns man can I be biased I biased I, listen there's only one man for me my my man of the match um I go with and I don't often go with TG Cameron but I have to go with TG Cameron and pick Paul Morris because for us I thought he was our most influential guy to you know to get us over the line when we needed to he walked back when we needed to back he played like a quarterback he did he did everything he was back he was front he did everything we asked him to do struck a savage point from free you know when you're talking about a one point game and he took he, he got one free when he left we only got one free in the second half after uh, we only got one free in the second half altogether and Paul took it from the 21 on the sideline and he just struck it over the bar so like um, Paul Morris is, is, is my player of the week anyway you know well, I, I'm glad you picked him because you, you mentioned him earlier about the, his work rate and all, but to be honest, I didn't think we talked enough about him. So I'm I'm glad we have a chance to talk a bit more about him because in the semi-final and in the in the final, the amount of, and actually in the quarter-final, the amount of ball that he gets on is phenomenal. And when you have someone as clever as Paul on that much ball, I mean, it's, it's half the battle nearly. Yeah, look, from our point of view, you know, people even know, they mark him, you know, and they know that they know that he's going to be dangerous and then mark him. But like nobody can mark him because he like his movement is really good. He's got a great sidestep. He's you know, he's left and right, his stick work is unbelievable. But what I love about him, like he's not a physically big guy, but like he takes hits, he still moves the ball, he still gets the ball off the players. And like if you if you give him half a yard, he's going to set up somebody. So like even if he's not scoring himself, he's still set up all the ball and what I love is when the backs when they're in a spot of baller he goes back into that sitting you know back in deep takes the ball off them and they feel okay all I got to do is find Paul let's go, let's go find Paul and like it proved for us and it was a kind of a wide opener for me was when Paul went off at half time in the Shells game we lost we lost our rhythm completely like and it's the only game we lost all year you know and we lost and we Tommy off at the stage that we, we weren't playing that game and Bertie weren't playing but Paul then came off and that was the big thing for our point of view. As soon as we lost him, we lost our impetus. We lost what we were at. We lost what we were doing. And like, it's very easy to say it all the time and people look at it and you look at, you know, loads of scores and everything. But I look at it, you know, for me yesterday, when I look at it, I didn't even know who got man of the match. I didn't even one more, you know, watching it irrelevant like that. But I'm just through my own head and I'm going, this guy was unbelievable today. You know, you know, to go to a county final, know that you're going to be a math guy. You know, on a really good player that was that was marking him, and he still put in a performance like that. You know, uh, he's he's um, he's just such the complete player, as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah, he was outstanding. He he got man of the match with TG four. Wexford GA gave their man of the match to Johnny Dwyer, and I think Sports Joe reckoned Corey Burnham-Bear was was the man. So, all right, okay, yeah. Well, the, what for me, I had. I had um I I had five minutes recording and I was taking him off, and then he goes down the sideline, throws the ball over the bar from the sideline, and he <laughs> looks at me and says, "You know, try 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 take me off." You know, so like I did, I actually did the exact same thing in 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 um in New Ross one day, and I told him, you know, I said, "Corey, five minutes, you're coming," and he looked at me and said, "You mean like you mean what are you talking about me?" And in, in the next four minutes, he'd won three scores. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this was against Rat Muir? <laughs> yeah, it was against Rat Muir. That was it. Yeah, that was against Rat Muir. And he looked at me. And then what I really loved about it was once he'd done that, he turned around and looked at me and go, okay, let's go take me off now, kid. You know, so I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of outstanding performances. And he couldn't. I couldn't argue with anyone's choice for Man of the Mess because... We had 15 know. of them. We had 15 of them yesterday, Ben. We'd actually, we'd actually 19, we'd 19 actually, it's turned out. Well, had you allowed Benny Jordan more time, sure, he probably would have got it. <laughs> you know, he, he, I can't because otherwise he'd be winning all the managed matches. That's the problem. Like, I've got to keep, <laughs> I've got to keep him back, give somebody else a chance, you know. Uh, he worked really hard yesterday. Benny really worked in really, really hard, stroked over a lovely point that we needed, and then worked really hard when he didn't have the ball, you know. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing we've been kind of, a, we've been talking about all year. And he walked really hard. He, like he's he's a he's a great guy from getting into these spaces. And then you give him a ball anywhere, he can throw it all about you. You know, he's a sweet Could striker, now, really sweet striker. Yeah, he actually yeah. had an immediate impact. He he pulled on a ball first uh, to set up Corey for that was probably the point from the sideline. And then shortly after that, he got a great point himself after Paul Morris found him. So like it was, it was he was in and he'd already com- contributed to two scores within a few minutes. 
Yeah, and in, in a tight county final like that's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's unbelievable. Ah, look, Benny is a Benny's a great guy, and you know he, he he's unbelievable what he's done for Ferns. And like to come in and like he scored three points in the quarter final and won the game for us, you know. That's 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 Benny, you know, he's he's unbelievable. But he's he's a sweet striker of a ball like from any I distance. Know. You know, that's that's it, yeah. Ian Byrne was unfortunate with injury as well. The very very first free he told me. Yeah, the very first free and, and you know the, the the shock from my point of view was I wasn't expecting it. You know, at half time I was making a change at half time, but I wasn't expecting him to go and I, I, he said, I'm, I'm done. And I said, how do you mean you're done? He said, I'm injured. I'm gone. I've done my grind. And I'm going, all oh, right. Holy hell, what do we do now? So he says, can I have two minutes? I said, yeah, I'll give you two minutes. But then wait, you have to go. Like, if you're not able to. And you saw what happened. Like, he actually caught a great ball. And he, he was yeah. fractured from over the bar for a goal. Like, he was going for a goal. But then he couldn't move after that. It just totally went. And... um had to had the substitution, you know. So he was he was a savage last horse. Like he's a top scorer. He was top scorer even before yesterday. He had a game to spare to top scorer in, in the in the Wexford Senior Championship. And like you lose him at halftime, it's it's um it's a great it's a great testament to the other guys and the guys that came on and you know to the other guys to step up and and and, and not make it not make it, not not make an issue of it, you know. Yeah, and on a personal level, he's had a brilliant year as well as winning it, you know. And hopefully he's hopefully it's not too bad. And he'll be back for the Leinster Championship. Yeah, he's he's a good he's a good guy to look after himself. In fairness, now because like he does get some niggles and he looks after himself and he goes to the sea and you know if anybody be right, Ian will be right. That's the, you know that's the good thing, you know. All right, thank you very much, Pat, for for doing the podcast and for for winning that for friends. Thank you. No problem, Ben. Thanks, Cheers, William. Guys. Pat. Thanks, William, Dara. No bother, lads. Thanks a million. Yeah, Fair cheers, play all year producing the goods week in, week out. So you're you're the most uh, consistent podcast there on the on the social media platform. So uh, fair play to you. Thanks for that. So thank you, Dara. Take thank care. You. Damien Henry is the best of what he did to ever play this unquestionably was the best there ever was Mike like he was just so good a magician the youngest to the 15 uh, 9 brothers and 5 sisters they just stuck you in the goal then yeah well uh, a so called goal uh, two tar barrels Damien Fitzhenry was the best goalkeeper I ever played, but you know, I'd say, say that. Damien Fitzhenry is the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. So I'd probably, like, I'd probably say Damien. Thanks very much to Dara for joining us and also for Pat for joining us while he's reveling in the glory. Uh, unfortunately, Shane Tompkins couldn't make it as he is, he's in Ferns. Celebrating with with all the ferns lads, are you okay with that, Gary? No issue with it. My uh, my sources tell me that when all the players and all the ferns supporters came back to ferns, that Shane Tompkins was actually the first person there in a ferns top hug, oh. hugging everyone. I, I'd like to thank Shane for for his support, <laughs> ferns cause. Yeah, um, good guy, and we're delighted to have him. And you couldn't get him to do the podcast. No, well, he was—he's on—he's drinking with the lads in Doyle's there today, so he was a little, little worse for wear. He wouldn't have been—he wouldn't <laughs> have been, you know, thinking straight. You know. Gotcha. I gotcha. It was great to have him. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back soon with another podcast. And thanks to our sponsor, the Enniscorthy Credit Union. Take care. <laughs>